You're listening to the Save the Date podcast, where we talk all things weddings, jewellery and romance with love from Cullen Jewellery. Hello and welcome back to the Save the Date podcast. I'm Sheridan. And I'm Juliet. And we are so happy you're here. This week, we are diving fully into wedding planning and we're going to be giving you a rundown and full timeline of everything that you need to be doing when you are six to 12 plus months out from your wedding. Basically just giving you a monthly checklist to ease you through the whole process. So sit back, relax, and maybe grab a notebook for this one and let's get straight into it. So every engagement and I guess wedding timeline is going to be different. So you might be planning a wedding that's two and a half years away, or you might be planning a wedding that's six months away. Both are obviously so fine. You know, you're everyone is entitled to what they want to do for their wedding. This is basically just a timeline based on, I guess, that average 18 month sort of engagement. Um, But obviously, if you are planning a wedding that's sooner than that or further away than that, just adjust these timelines accordingly. So, you know, the things that we're saying to do over 12 months out, if you're planning a wedding that's six months away, do them straight away. (laughs) Okay, so to kick it off, let's start from the very, very beginning when you are, you know, 12 to 18 months away from the wedding. So this is when you want to officially, I guess, start planning. And this is um, mainly just deciding kind of what you want to be doing. So if you haven't already, the first thing that I want you to do is ensure your engagement ring. Very important. (laughs) If anything, you should be doing that before you walk out of the store with your ring because super quickly, insurance and warranty are not the same thing when it comes to your engagement ring. Um, Warranty does not cover things like theft, accidental loss, accidental um, damage, like if you were to step on your ring all that kind of stuff. So yes, this is number one thing you should be (laughs) doing, but you technically, you should already have that done from the day you leave the, wherever you bought your ring from, hopefully us, (laughs) but yes, good tip. Start there. Yeah. (laughs) If you haven't already. The first thing you want to do if you haven't already. And you can also, you can insure your engagement ring under like your home insurance. Yes. So you don't necessarily have to go out and get specific engagement ring diamond insurance um you can do it through your home insurance just make sure that it's labeled on there okay the second thing that you need to do and I guess the first thing in terms of your actual wedding planning is discussing your budget with your partner and with anybody who is going to be involved in the wedding purchasing process this is pretty much just going to be your overarching It's going to give you rules, I guess, (laughs) in terms of what you can and can't do or have for the wedding. So yeah, the number one thing before you think of anything else is determining your budget. Yeah. And I think this also really helps you to then go on to that next stage of um, finding a venue, all that extra, all your other vendors, basically, because if you know a venue or a dress is not even in the budget, you don't need to waste your time booking appointments or going to look at those things. So I guess that deciding it as the number one first thing, it really kind of helps narrow down your um, preferences or not preferences or just... Narrows down your options options, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, And that you can use that as your initial guide as to where you're going for everything. Yeah. And so then the second thing that we would say 
in this stage is to discuss with your partner what your non-negotiables are, what things you really want, what things you are happy to not have if they don't fit in the budget. Um, And yeah, some things that I guess you definitely want to have. So you need to prioritize them in your budget. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, same thing, it kind of, it helps get rid of all the other options or it helps narrow down your options and give you that pathway um, for, yeah, figuring out what to focus on and, yeah, the more important and less important things so you don't get too overwhelmed with everything at the very start. Yeah. This is also when you want to decide if you're going to be hiring a wedding planner. Um, Obviously, planning your wedding is pretty much like having a second full-time job if you have a full-time job. So just deciding if you do want to take the time to do it yourself or if you would rather hand the reins over to somebody who does it as their job and knows exactly what they're doing. Um, This is another thing that is going to be dependent on your budget. If you have a smaller budget, you know, spending half of that on a wedding planner might not actually be feasible or necessarily that smart if you've got all of these other things that are non-negotiables. But yeah, definitely at this stage is when you want to decide if you do want one. Yeah. And it's, yeah, really all about preference um, because, yeah, I suppose it ties in with your budget, but also your time. (laughs) You know, if you really don't have the time to be dedicating enough towards planning a wedding, it probably is feasible to get some external help. But yeah, if you don't want to be spending a lot of money or you want that extra money to go towards other things, then you, yeah, obviously can maybe get help from friends and family instead. Or the other option in that case as well is rather than having a full wedding planner is more having like a day of coordinator. Mm. So someone who pretty much comes in closer to the wedding, you do all of the planning and the booking of everything, but then they know what's meant to be going where on the day, how things are meant to be set up. And then they're kind of the contact for your florist and all of that for those day of things. Okay, so the next thing that you'll need to do is to start your guest list. This is going to determine a lot of other things in terms of, you know, planning your wedding. Kind of if you're going to have a really small guest list, it'll make a difference on where you're going to have your wedding in terms of your venue. And the other way around, if your guest list is going to be really massive, then you're going to need to find a venue that will hold that many people absolutely um so yeah again it's one of those things that you want to um decide early and be one of the first things because yeah like you said it's going to determine what kind of venue you're going to need um and that could also then limit your options if it's um i mean at least obviously lots of places that could hold smaller weddings um but yeah like the really larger venue spaces there might be slightly less depending where you live so yeah definitely something you want to be deciding very early on yeah and it'll also affect like venues will often have a minimum spend and that minimum spend will be for I don't know let's say 75 or 100 guests so if you're going to be falling underneath that number you might want to look for a venue that is smaller, that has a smaller minimum because otherwise you're kind of paying all of this money for people that you're not actually going to have there. And you might find out that you can't accommodate a certain number of people for the budget you have. Yeah. Again, with that per head thing, like some of the bigger venues, um, their minimum spends are a bit higher. Mm -hmm. So you might think, you know, oh, I want 
to invite 150 people, but 150 and it's, you know, $100 a head or whatever <laughs> it is. And it's like, oh, no, that's not in our budget yeah. <laughs> anymore. And then you have to cut back the list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this kind of falls into picking the next thing, which is picking your venue and also your date. So when it comes to your wedding date, you kind of have a few things to think about. One of them is, is there a significant date that you actually have your heart set on getting married on like an anniversary or something like that? Or are you more open to just picking a date that's available? Because that will also affect your venue. Mm -hmm. Because if you're really set on a specific date, you might have to shop around a little bit more in terms of your venue because they're not always going to be available. Yeah, for sure. And even on that kind of same note with the dates that are available to you when you're shopping around, is that coinciding with something else that's a big date? Yes. Like, is it a public holiday? Is it, because that'll be most likely more expensive, but like, is that public holiday a really common weekend for people to go away? Is there some sort of massive sporting event on that <laughs> day where people, your guests might be, you know, distracted between looking or, you know, their focus is not on the wedding, it's on this event? All of those kind of things you just want to um, keep in mind when you're shopping around and looking at dates and, yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely something that I think it's better to be more flexible with. Yes. Your date. Just because, like, yeah, like you were saying, if you've got a public holiday or an event on, you kind of don't want to necessarily have your wedding on that same day just in case kind of your guests are going to be distracted. Mm. So... Yeah, a, a big important one to think about. The next one is to kind of start thinking about your theme and your colours. This isn't something that you you need to set in stone, you know, 18 months out from the wedding, but just give it some thought because also your theme might impact the kind of venue that you want, um, your colours as well. Some venues, you know, might have a coloured wall that you don't necessarily want for your wedding kind of thing that might clash with the colours you've been thinking about. Mm. Um, so just start kind of having a bit of a think about that kind of thing. Make a Pinterest board, see what you like. Um, and yeah. then that way, when it comes to actually choosing those things down the line, you've kind of got everything decided already. Yeah. Even little things like um, if you want the vibe of your wedding to be like, I guess, that more outdoor um very whimsical sort of, <laughs> you know, vibe and you need an outdoor venue. It's like that also then comes into play back to, you know, what month you can have it in. Like mm -hmm. you can't have it in the middle of winter because there's going to be a high chance of rain potentially. Um, so, yeah, little things like that, that, yes, theme, colours, but also the overall vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A beach wedding. You can't have a beach wedding in the middle of winter. You can, I mean, but technically, yeah, be. you can, but I don't know how pleasant it would be. It might not be the vibe that you're actually going <laughs> for. Not in Melbourne. <laughs> not in Melbourne, yeah. it won't be pleasant. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you're in, like, the Gold Coast or something, yeah. fine. Some nicer parts of the world where it's not that cold <laughs> in winter. <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing at this stage that I would want you to start looking at is your photographer and your videographer. Um, you don't necessarily need to book anyone in just yet, but definitely start reaching out to them and, you know, speaking with them and seeing if, you know, certain people are going to be on your vibe. Because as much as we see lots of Instagram accounts and TikTok accounts of incredible photographers and videographers, you really want to mesh well with them as a person because they will literally be by your side 
for so much of your wedding day. Mm. The last thing that you want is to clash and not get along with your photographer or your videographer because yeah literally you're with them from when you're getting ready up until the reception and they're very closely with you (laughs) yeah and even like if you've got your heart set on a a particular venue and then a particular photographer or videographer as well like you'd I mean booking as far out as possible would obviously increase your chance that they're both going to be available on the date you want so I guess that's yeah. where it also comes into play. It's like you don't want to miss out on your favourite photographer because you left that a little bit too late and now they're not going to be available on the date you've booked in for the venue. Yes, exactly. That kind of leads us into 11 months out from the wedding, which the first thing here that you'll need to be doing is, yeah, confirming and actually booking in your photographer and your videographer and your main vendors. So this is... um like your DJ or your band, your celebrant. um, And this is also when you want to start wedding dress shopping. Mm -hmm. It kind of seems very far out to start wedding dress shopping at, you know, almost a year out from the wedding. But especially if you are going into those boutique stores, a lot of the time they are made to order. So they will do your measurements in the store and it might still be like a standard size that you're getting, um, but they're all made to order they're generally not just like off the rack and they can take eight to ten months (laughs) to come in so you yeah really want to make sure that you're getting a dress as early as possible yeah to make sure you're accounting for alterations yes I was just about to say as well on top of that wait time of actually having the dress made up you also need to allow for alterations just in case you need them after the dress is actually made up for you yeah Yeah, 100%. And then the last thing at this 11-month out stage is to propose to your bridal party. Mm -hmm. Um, Ideally, you want your bridal party to be the first ones, obviously, to know (laughs) when the wedding's coming and you want them to be involved in the wedding planning process as well. Mm. Yeah. So definitely propose to your bridal party, have a little party. (laughs) (laughs) Plan something cute for them and, yeah, ask them to be a part of it. And that then kind of brings us into more of the 10-month time frame. Um, And this is, yeah, you really want to start to, you know, confirm all those little things that we were just kind of mentioning in the last bit where, like, you want to kind of lock in and make a purchase of your wedding dress and any other outfits you may have on the day. Confirm your wedding dress purchase, do any final fittings, put that order through. Um, Even now that you've got your bridesmaids, confirm their dresses yeah 100 percent. and this is also when you want to do your engagement photos especially if you're going to be using them for invites or for save the dates Mm. down the line you want to try and get them done early because um like photographers they can take a little bit of time to get the photos back to you so you would rather get them done early make sure you've got all of the photos and then you can design your invites and things like that as well Mm -hmm. um and also if you're having an engagement party at that point you might want to use engagement photos for that kind of thing um so yeah this is kind of when you want to make sure you've got all of that I guess sorted Mm -hmm. and this is probably where you want to start finalizing your theme and general colours and vibe um, just so again you can start making some more solid arrangements and plans for that 
decor, just so you've got a solid plan going into all of your other vendors and anything else you may need to uh, purchase or hire, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then this is also when you want to be booking hotels and transport. Um, if you're having a destination wedding as well and if you're doing um, hotel room blocks, this is when you want to confirm all of that kind of thing as well so that your guests can go to your mm. venue and have their – I don't really know how it works 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know that with a lot of accommodation, you can book a block yeah. and then your um, guests can go and they'll, I think, still pay for it. Yep through the, the accommodation, but at least it's all booked and locked in for them so that they can definitely stay there. Yeah, and there's, yeah, you're not going to get to the day and only, you know, two more rooms are available because yeah. <laughs> the general public have booked out of yeah. the rest. So, yeah, you can set aside a certain number of rooms. I think you as the couple can just pay a deposit potentially mm. and then, yeah, that kind of sets aside like however many rooms you need and then you can put it out to your guests who ever want to stay, you know, there's a you know certain number of rooms available. You can book it in and, yeah, just make it super easy for everyone. Yeah. All right, so now we are kind of eight to nine months out from the wedding and what you'll want to start doing here is to pick out and send your save the dates and this is especially if you're having a destination wedding. If your wedding's close by all of your guests, this is probably still a little bit too soon for save the dates um, but yeah, especially if you're having a destination wedding and lots of people will be travelling or travelling to you for your wedding. Um this is when you'll want to send those save the dates with as much information as possible so that they can then book their accommodation if they need to, book flights, um, just so that they have the time to do that kind of thing and they're not rushing to do it, you know, eight weeks before the wedding. Yeah, and it gives your guests time to prepare as well because um, if it is for some people more of a significant travelling destination um yeah you want to give them as much notice as possible because yeah other things like they might have to figure out their annual leave if mm -hmm. they've got young children maybe they don't want to bring them and need to organize you know care for them um all these little things yeah. that come into play even just like for them to budget yeah for those yeah. um costs that will come into traveling for the wedding the next thing to do is to set up your gift registry um I don't think this is as popular in Australia as it is in the US. I know that in the US they have lots of wedding gift registry spots. Mm. Um, here in Australia, I think the only one that I personally have ever seen is Maya and I feel like Maya is dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if setting up a gift registry is something that you are wanting to do, then this is kind of when you want to start thinking about it so that you can add things to it over the you know, the coming months. Yeah, yeah. Or even, I guess, you can decide whether you want a gift registry or just like a wishing well. Yeah. Even yeah. you can set up both. Yes. And then this is also when you'll want to choose and shop for your bridesmaids' dresses. Um, so this is kind of why you want to have your theme and your colours and everything all sorted so that when you're going shopping for bridesmaids' dresses, you know kind of what you're wanting. Um, of course... With kind of everything, there's room to change. If you think that you're wanting, you know, purple bridesmaids dresses to begin with mm -hmm. and then you go shopping and you hate all of the purples, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, you can still change that. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely when you'll want to have that kind of um, set in stone. And also, if you're going to have your bridesmaids um, choosing their own dresses and purchasing them, um, I would say this is when you'll want to let them know 
their guidelines or anything yeah. like that so that they can start looking themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even a good time to start meeting with different florists. Again, I guess you mentioned you should already have or a good idea of your theme, the colour scheme. Um, so, yeah, it's a good idea to start meeting with florists at this point just because, one, just you may find that the colours you want, there's not that many um, options in season for when your wedding is they might have to fly them in alternatively and it could cost a lot more for the color scheme you want um so yeah start meeting with different people suss out your options try to start narrowing everything down yeah and also i would stay say to start looking at your honeymoon and booking in things for your honeymoon um depending on you know where you're going if you need to book flights make sure you start doing that kind of thing as well so now we are seven months out from the wedding and this is when you want to finalise and have everything locked in for all of your vendors and any item, decor items that you're hiring. Um, yeah, you want to make sure that this is all done now. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it'll alleviate any stress <laughs> leading, yeah. leading up to the wedding yeah. um, to have all these major things set and just done with yep. plenty of time yeah you you don't want to be you know three months out from the wedding and realize that you haven't finalized your florist yet um so yeah at, at seven months out you want to make sure all of those big vendors or all of your vendors in general are all finalized booked in deposits paid yeah yeah absolutely even things like your makeup artist and hair um even yeah locking them in on the earlier side yeah even like obviously yeah seven months out you want to make sure this is all finalized but you can start looking around for those things as well mm -hmm. slightly earlier again it just comes down to making sure the person you want is available for the date you need them yeah 100 percent. and this is also when you would want to look at booking a rehearsal dinner if you're going to be doing that as well um just so that you know you've got um that reservation locked in early um especially if it's going to be a place that's close to your venue or at your venue. Um, yeah, you want to make sure this is done now as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, we are now six months out, getting closer and closer. It is. Which six months <laughs> in wedding timeline is actually quite soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're having a six-month planning period. It's still and quite soon. It's still quite soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the number one thing on the list here is if it applies to you, renew your passports if yes. you need them for your honeymoon. Um, again, that is the last thing you want to be stressing about three weeks out of from the wedding if you realise one of your passports are not valid or they're going <laughs> to – they don't have – because I think with passports you need six months on them or yes. something before yeah. they expire. So, yeah, you don't want to get, you know, three weeks out from going or leaving on the honeymoon and realise that your passport does not have enough <laughs> – time on it and that's just the whole you've got to try and rush one in and it's yeah. just yeah unnecessary stress <laughs> <laughs> this is also when you'll want to start wedding ring shopping so most wedding rings will be made to order especially ours mm -hmm. um and they can take you know eight to ten weeks to come in so at six months out you want to be yeah definitely starting the process of looking for both of your wedding rings and you know making the finalizing the order mm. yeah just to make sure that, again, like um, just in case something is incorrect with the size, you want to change the size, you want to also allow time 
for a resizing or any alterations if need be yeah um and give yourself plenty of time and also just to alleviate that stress kind of in the last month leading up to the wedding because that's probably going to be like the last month leading up to the wedding is the most stressful of all because everything is kind of falling into place and you want to make sure everything is fully finalized the last thing that you want is to still be waiting for your wedding rings to come because I was yeah (laughs) I kind of didn't think about um wedding rings and just thought oh I'll just do them in the new year. So I got married at the start of April and I thought once Christmas is over, then we'll start like wedding ring shopping. And we had plenty of time. I think it took about eight weeks for them to come in, but it was like the middle of March and I'm going, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a bit close. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are our wedding rings coming yet? <laughs> yeah. When did they say they were coming? <laughs> um, so yeah, it just kind of will alleviate that if you know that you have them at least a few months beforehand. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, The next thing on our list for six months is sending out save the dates if you're having a local wedding. Um, So, yeah, I suppose if people uh, don't need to travel very far, um, yeah, you don't need to send out save the dates as early on just because obviously it's not as big of a thing for people to get to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at least giving them six months notice generally speaking, most people will not have planned much six months out. Um, So it gives them enough time to know that it's coming, to note it on their calendars um, and, yeah, kind of start to look forward to it. And then the last thing here is to finalise and book in your hair and makeup artist. Um, So obviously we spoke about doing that at seven months. With all of these, like, um, other, I guess, smaller vendors like your hair and makeup artist, your florist, all of that kind of thing. Um, it's not set in stone that you have only can contact them six months out before, seven months before the wedding. You can do it as soon as possible. Like Juliet was saying, if you've got your heart set on a certain person, a certain vendor, a certain makeup artist, anything like that, a certain celebrant, um, you can definitely contact them as soon as you, you know, get engaged or start start wedding planning because yeah they might book up really quickly especially if they're super popular um their you know weddings might be booked out a year in advance so it's definitely worth just contacting anyone who you definitely have your heart set on Mm. sooner rather than later um but yeah this kind of six months out is I guess the latest that you would want to be doing that yeah um these are, yeah, more, more a timeline of you definitely want to have this done by this month or by this time before the wedding rather than only just start doing it Yeah, here. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't booked your hair and makeup at six months, definitely do it mm-hmm. straight away. Yeah, get on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. So from 18 months all the way down to six months of your wedding planning process, we will have a second part of this episode with six months all the way up to your wedding day coming out in a couple of weeks. So make sure you stay tuned for that one. But thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Save the Date podcast. We hope you learned something new. And if you're currently planning your wedding, congratulations, good luck and have fun. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you follow or subscribe and leave us a review wherever it is you're listening. And make sure that you come and connect with us on our socials at the Save the Date podcast and join our Facebook group, the Save the Date community. We hope you have a wonderful day or night and we will be back with another episode next week. Bye. Bye.